WBNE. Howdy, Oaks. Before we get started today, we want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by Perspective Z. The brand new WBNE show! The brand new WBNE show! Oh my gosh, the show's not brand new. There's a huge back catalog you can listen to, but if you were ever like, man, I wish there were like some really experienced Gen Zers who made a podcast about their perspective on the world, who'd been doing this for like years and had like all this perspective that they could bring and just weighed in on trending topics just to know like what's going on. Like by Perspective Z or by Generation Z for everyone. Everyone. It's fantastic. There's a trailer right. for it right here. Have you ever wondered what Gen Z was thinking while half the generation was eating Tide Pods? Or what those gosh darn kids are up to these days? Well, then you should check out our podcast, Perspective Z, hosted by me, Rachel, and me, Katrina. We discuss pop culture, politics, and everything in between, and give you our perspective as two Gen Z ladies trying to figure out our place in the world. Listen along to hear our thoughts and opinions as we gear up for college and beyond. So make sure to check out new episodes of Perspective Z every Monday on the WBNE Network at WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on Spotify. Toodles. Rachel and Kidzy are the best. You're going to absolutely love Perspective Z. All right, let's do the intro to our show. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I need to drive a script. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edchill. And today we're making hit records. Or maybe we're just waiting in a rehearsal room. So get the boy a microphone. And don't step on my shoes. Because today we're bringing you Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Rainey's Black Bottom was directed by George C. Wolf. It is the either second or third of Denzel Washington's trip through um, it August is the second, Wilson's. Yeah, the second yeah, August Wilson's Century Plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's called the um, oh what is it called the Pittsburgh Cycle. The Pittsburgh Cycle. This yep. is the only one that takes place in Chicago. It was filmed in Pittsburgh though. Filmed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Pittsburgh Cycle, it is a series of of ten plays set in different decades from 1900 to 1990, uh, and they're all written by August Wilson and Denzel Washington is producing 10 movies based on those 10 plays. And this was the second one. Yep. The first one was Fences. Fences. About the 80s. No, not about the 80s. About, not like the 40s. Yes. 50s. Fences is 50s. Ah, let me get back to the script here. It came out 77 days ago on November 25th, 2020 on a $20 million budget. It's a Netflix release, so we don't really have a box office idea of how it did. Um, it got a 98% critic rating and a 76% audience rating and an 87 on Metacritic. I'm not interested in a negative review, but Ethan, do you have a positive review for this film? Uh, it's it's so interesting that you say I'm not interested in a negative review because I did actually want to talk fairly heavily about the negative reviews for this movie. I'm scared that they exist, right? Because it's so there's five of them on Chad, Rotten Tomatoes. Chadwick Boseman's final film. I, I will give you I will give you one guess as to who didn't like this movie without looking. I will give you one guess as to who did not like this movie. Um, Richard Brody. Didn't. No, no, he probably did. He this did, is his alley. I don't have a Richard Brody review here. I do have a review from one. Uh, his name starts with A and ends with Ermin White. Ermin White. Ermin White. He's the dude that doesn't like, like anything. He's the dude that didn't like anything though, and he wrote 
Uh, the worst review I've ever heard in my entire life about this movie. Like, just absolutely, like, his opening paragraph, he spends the whole time, I read the full thing, by the way, because it was so galling to me. But he, he spent- he, That's his game, though. He spends the opening he paragraph you. talking about how ugly Viola Davis is. That's the- Ma Rainey's not supposed As to. if that's, like, her job in the world is to stand there and be pretty or something. Viola Davis is beautiful. Yeah, but, okay. like, that's not the point. <laughs> Right, but I do I do want to highlight one extremely interesting negative review here, uh, and this is this is listed as a Rotten Tomatoes negative review. It's from Dustin Chase of the Galveston Daily News, and he said Davis proving there are no limits or boundaries to her work as a performer is monumental in every way as Ma Rainey. Two out of five. <laughs> it feels more like a play and less like a film every time she is off screen. I can feel that, but also it's supposed to feel it's like it's supposed a to feel like a play. It's supposed to feel like a play also when she's off screen. Like she, this is I think it was directed in this way on purpose, where when she's on screen we're outside of the of the green room mm -hmm. so it feels bigger yeah it's supposed to do that yeah so this is uh this is the kind of theater that is well first of all do you have a positive review for me uh i actually didn't pull one up but let me see if i can get one um or actually if you want to get one i have something i can do while you're doing that okay so uh february this month we're doing this movie because Obviously, Chadwick Boseman's final film is the first week we've really had a chance, and it's Black History Month. And I want to highlight a poem about the subject of today's film. The poem comes from Sterling Brown, whom Ebony Nag Magazine once wrote, uh, was the literary historian who wrote the Bible for the study of Afro-American culture. So he's, he knows what he's talking about. In 1932, he wrote a poem about Ma Rainey, which would be included in an anthology that won Lenore Marshall Poetry Prize Prize. 50 years later. So the poem was written in 1932. It did not receive acclaim until 1980 when the anthology was released. And in 1982, he won the award. And the reason that it didn't win acclaim, and this is interesting to me, this is black history I learned today doing research for this episode, was within the black community as a whole, or the African-American community as a whole, rural African-American culture was not celebrated during the Harlem Renaissance the way that urban African-American culture was, which makes sense, right? Because there's obviously easier communication in cities and, and things like that. So very fascinating to me that this poet, uh, this this historian was also a poet this whole time, but he got no credit for it. Um, and yeah, his poetry didn't focus on the Harlem Renaissance and urbanization. It focused on rural African-American culture. Uh, he wrote a poem titled Ma Rainey. It's four stanzas. Stanzas are the breaks in poems, right? And then they would be verses yeah. in a song. Yeah. And I do just want to read the fourth stanza. It is a poem from the perspective of a black audience at a Ma Rainey show. So if I don't hit the dialect quite right, there's a reason for that. Uh, but this is the fourth stanza. I talked to a fella and the fella say she just catch hold of us some kind of way. She sang backwater blues one day. It rained for days and the skies was dark as night. Trouble taking place in the lowlands at night. Thundered and lightning and storm began to roll. Thousands of people ain't got no place to go. Then I went and stood some old lonesome hill and I looked down on the place where I used to live. And then to the folks, they naturally bowed their heads and cried. Bowed their heavy heads, shut their mouths tight and cried. And Ma left the stage and followed some to folks outside. There wasn't much more to fellow say. She just gets hold of us dad away and it's just about the blues and and the time period i thought it was fascinating that was very interesting little highlight of black history here on bacon and eggs where we probably have the most to learn yeah absolutely yeah i love this movie that was so this was, good this is fantastic um have you seen fences uh-uh you should watch uh, Fences. I, 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 so go ahead and read the positive review. Um, I'm working on it. I could probably pull one up. They're like, I don't know. There's not one that's like hitting the way I want it to. So Christy Lemire at Film Week, uh, KPCC NPR Los Angeles writes, you never forget that you're watching a play on film, but that's okay because the dialogue snaps and leaps. It's so intense and so exquisite. And yet the emotion beneath it is real. And this follows a theme that's frustrating in these reviews for me, positive and negative. I, I like that I'm watching a play so on I, film. 
I did want to, I was trying to avoid, and honestly, that's the problem. All these positive reviews of this movie mentioned that in, in a positive, all the reviews in general mentioned that in a positive or negative light. This was the kind of thing that when they made 12 Angry Men, people were like, you really got inside the, the play. Like you really felt like you were watching it on screen. And that was like the reason that's considered one of the, the great all time movies, right? Right. But because it doesn't fit that particular bill. And I'm not pointing fingers as to why, because this movie doesn't fit that particular bill. It's a bad thing all of a sudden that it feels like a stage play. Maybe, maybe it's because I love stage play dialogue. Oh, there's no, there's doesn't... nothing better than. Right. Because you have to think that like a stage play in order for it to like win Tony's or be successful in New York, I understand that there's an audience for it. So yeah. same with opera. But it is not the masses. People don't want to go to a play because there's no singing and dancing. There's right. no costume. Like maybe there's costumes, but there's not the flashy costumes. Right. And even even musicals are not for the layperson. Like I always I do my Chris test. Would Chris go out of his way to see this? Probably this, yes. But you, you Chris dial, is our, our you best dial friend. Back a little bit, my guy. Dial what back? The the gain. The gain. Okay, Just I'm me out here. Would would Chris go out of his way to see a Broadway musical? I don't think so. Would Chris go out of his way to go to New York to see a play? Almost definitely Absolutely not. not. Yeah. Would If I pitched him this play and I said, we're going to New York for Ethan's bachelor party and we're going to see this while we're there, I think he'd be all in. Yeah. But I don't think he would like go out of his way for it. Granted, that being said, I'm probably, there's there was, there's few exceptions uh, for sure. Um, and, the, but, but probably I would not go to New York for the purpose of seeing any play. Why is that? I just feel like, so not that not that you're any, you know, Joe Schmo local theater company is going to deliver the same kind of Broadway performance, right? But like right. you can, and I've never seen a Broadway play. I've seen Broadway musicals, I've never seen a Broadway play. But like I've come out of plenty of D tier plays and been like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's the dialogue. And the reason, this is why I think it is, because in order to get, this is the whole point, in order to get your play on Broadway, it has to, like without music and without well, dancing, yeah. it has to have something that's that I'm not good. even talking about that I'm, I'm talking about like I would I would trust well I wouldn't trust Mill Mountain Theater to stage this play <laughs> but I would trust Mill Mountain Theater to stage a play right and I would yeah. go watch it and I would get something out of it right I would not trust them to stage Wicked or Hamilton <laughs> or Hamilton right right so like if I'm gonna go to New York I'm gonna see a musical right it's it's, it's it, I would say it's definitely it's what I prefer but I don't want it to be what I prefer <laughs> Like uh, we were, we were talking about this yesterday. How like what I want to like and what I like are always at odds. But this isn't. This is the opposite of that case, right? This isn't like oh my friends like this, so I want to like this. This is like every time I read or watch a play, I'm like drama is the best thing yes. ever, and I just don't experience it enough, right? Right. Because especially during like like you can watch, you can listen to the original cast album of Hamilton and get the vibe, right? Like you can watch right. it on Disney Plus and get the vibe. You cannot, well, y you cannot get the vibe of this as a stage play, no. Or anything else as a stage play. Like, I can't queue up Disney Plus and watch Angels in America. Like No, and, and, and I would, if I read this, I would not like it. I can tell you right now, if not, if I read it as a book, that'd be one thing. If I read the script, I'd be like, I don't get it. I don't know what it means to study somebody. Uh, I truly think you would, actually. I was, I think the dialogue in this is like masterwork level. This is like, one, of, one of the things I love about uh, every time we do study African-American history is the way, like even the, the poem that I just read, I don't want to superimpose myself on the dialect, but everything is so phonetically written out that if you just read it, yeah. you like accidentally do. Right. That's absolutely true. Um, and I, I, I actually really like that because 
you can like read the inflection, like they spell the inflection in right in the writing, which I think is interesting. That is especially true in yeah in black theater and black poetry. Yes, it at least in this century, not this century, the last century, well, and this century. century, but like the right. the last hundred and twenty one years, right, nineteen hundred uh, to present. Right, I was born in nineteen ninety three. I still assume that it's that century, even though that's <laughs> less and less the case every single day. I know we're in the new roaring twenties. Yeah, um, yeah, you go read like a Langston Hughes poem, and like it's it's it, you cannot separate the language from the the you cannot separate the dialect from the language and that's the whole point of right especially that sort of of brand of poetry and this sort of brand of theater <coughs> this is like at first truly at first i thought she was never going to show up so you, you didn't know the play no okay me neither i'm familiar with the, the with um i had to read something by out of this this series in college did you read it like in spanish no uh, it was for... <laughs> I asked because you studied Spain. No, it was for one Spain. of my modern language classes. Spanish. We had to read like... It was all about poetry and, and like theater as poetry and, and everything as poetry. Gotcha. In. So I had to read one of these. They're all pretty short. Not They're not one-act plays, like, but they are pretty short. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to read one of these out of the, the Pittsburgh cycle. And it may have been Fences, honestly. That was the sort of the the popular one at that point. I mean, it still is, I guess, because it's got a movie. Well, and and Denzel Washington and Viola Davis both won Tony Awards for it in 2010. And Viola Davis won an Oscar. Uh, won an Oscar for it as well. Denzel was yeah. nominated for best, I think, best director and best lead actor. Um, but yeah, so so Denzel Washington was like given the the he he was in the the revival of Fences in 2010, um, and then was given the rights to like all of the movies by August Wilson's estate. And they were just like, here, Denzel Washington, you did so good at this, you can have all of the movie rights for all 10 of these plays. He's like, I'm going to make 10 movies then. Make 10 bonkers good movies. Yeah, apparently. Um, two for two so far. Two for two so far, yeah. They were all supposed to come out like he was going to do them, he said one a year on HBO, and that obviously fell through. Because this is on Netflix. This is on Netflix, yeah. And Fences came out as like a movie. Which, by the way, I feel like we haven't addressed the... If you haven't seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, you have to. Oh, yeah. It's it's 85 minutes on Netflix. It's billed as 96, but there's a lot of credits. Uh, you have to go see it. Yeah, this it. is a one. Yeah, this is a one. Oh, we should do um scores. We should do. I give this 100. Easy. You give it 100? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I don't feel qualified to knock this for anything. It was awesome. Okay. Calm down. What do you give it? I was going to say like a 94. You just got like an angry look on your face there. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. I just like, I I mean, it, it checks a lot of boxes for me. I love play dialogue and it stuck to that pretty much to a T. Um, I thought the scenes that were supposed, like the scenes where you know they're prepping for the Oscars and they're like, this is what they're going to show when they do Best Picture. Like, I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. I actually got some like marriage story vibes from it. Great movie. Like that, that level of intensity. Yeah. Um, God, when when um, you're watching Chadwick Boseman, like, I don't know, four or five, six months before he died, making that, that speech. Going nuts. Making that speech about like, did God turn his back on me? Oh, I know. Did oh you turn God. your How back am- on me? So emotional. I, uh, yeah, man, that was. How much of this movie were you watching? I was watching. I was like, he wasn't really going through chemo treatments through this. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was like actively like dying. Yeah. No, yeah, this is, this is it. Yeah. But he was giving it so much. And I was also watching it and I was like, I don't see Black Panther at all. I don't see Jackie Robinson at all. No. I see. I see oh, Levy. Gosh, Levy. That's I it. I PV, but Levy. I see Levy. And that's that's all I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I see Levy Green. That's it. And so this movie checked a lot of boxes for me. One, like I love the dialogue. I loved the powerful moments. I also, there'll always be a soft spot for me when there's a movie about a trumpet player. I love that. 
For sure. I you know, I got I was watching, I was like, he plays cornet in the movie. He's a trumpet player in the movie. When Marsalis playing that cornet. Is that when Marsalis? I, I thought would, so. I would bet money on it. So Branford Marsalis did the soundtrack. Oh yeah. So I would bet it's, money that he was just like, Winton, I need you for like, I don't know, yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just come play some, just, some blues. Just come play some blues on a cornet. Yeah. I think that was a trumpet. I think he just liked the the look of the cornet. I mean, for, sure, yeah. For his character. Uh, I I couldn't tell you the difference though. Like listening to it, not a chance. I you don't play jazz on a cornet. I know that. Oh, uh, I uh, think, well, yeah, but I think you do whatever you want. Well, yeah. That's the point of the, of jazz in the 20s, or of, of blues in the 20, 20s. Oh, well, that's like, the point of blues ever. Right. <laughs> you do whatever you want. That's the same with jazz. Yeah. Well, certain schools of jazz. But watching this movie, I was like, I want to get a real brass colored, not yellow, but like brass colored, sort of deep, rich tone cornet to replace the, the trumpet on my stand for decoration in this office. I don't think I'm going to end up doing it. But I've got one. one. Do you? Yeah. Like a Con Selmer cornet from like 1941 that's what i want yeah you can't have it (laughs) real orange not yellow yeah no it's like brass like yeah like bronzy yeah yeah yeah. uh so no i I get this at 94 95 um purely selfishly like there was a lot of parts of this movie that were really tough for me to watch especially at this current moment in my life that i don't think will necessarily be the case in the future but it just didn't hit for me today like other movies that i would give hundreds to i will definitely say our our system has caused me to reevaluate the way i give hundreds so there are other hundreds out there other than it's a wonderful Yeah, life? I think so. Because the first thing I thought of was Whiplash. Oh, see? I don't Whiplash. love this the way I love Whiplash. It's right there, but it, and it occupies a lot of the same spaces. It does. But I don't love this the way I love Whiplash. And I just don't love this the way I love it's a wonderful life like i don't think i will so here's the thing i give it a hundred with almost zero rewatchability not because i wouldn't want to watch it again but like i wouldn't introduce somebody to this movie like i, I cannot imagine a situation where i'd be like we need to watch ma rainey's black bottom this minute even in the same way that i wouldn't watch like interstellar with somebody and and interstellar I, sucked yeah you know? i can't uh i can't <laughs> i can't relate with there but um all i've thought about in the last week was watching interstellar i have had no time to <laughs> <laughs> no, I absolutely, it, within the next two weeks, we'll make Caitlin watch this movie. I told Emily to watch it. Um, She she didn't watch it with me, but I The other I thing, when, yeah, she's at work while I watched it, Um, because I literally finished it, like, as I pulled up to Zoom. Uh, But also, and I, I get that this may be some subtext that I am unfamiliar with. It may be some subtext that I will never get or should not get. Uh, I do not think the murder at the end was necessary to this movie. And that so was really tough for me to watch. Uh, I, I think I can shed some light on that, actually. I felt like, personally, I felt like the movie made the point it was trying to make. So, are you familiar with the 1929 blues track, When the Levee Breaks? I'm familiar with the Led Zeppelin song based on it, but no, I'm not familiar (laughs) with uh, the the original. It's, uh... If it keeps on raining, the levee's gonna break. Yeah. So that's what the I know the lines. Yeah. That's what the play is. Yeah. He is the levee, and it keeps keeps raining on him. Bad things keep a-happening. I don't like the message that bad things turn people into killers. I don't like that either, and I don't think... At the end of the movie, anybody thinks he's justified in the murder. No, I I don't think it's about justification either. I, I think that like he is a bad person and did a bad thing. And I didn't I get that he is he is he needs to fall from from grace. He needs to be so like so unemployable that they hire a white man to write to record his songs oh that was that hurt um and they really laid it on thick white people i mean white people can't swing but black people can but they don't have to play with a conductor playing blues no no they don't (laughs) no they don't 
Yeah, you didn't have conductors back. You had band leaders, even in jazz. In the twenties, yeah, you had big bands. Yeah, Yeah, you didn't have. I wouldn't call Cab Calloway a conductor. I would call the man in this movie a conductor. He had a baton. But that's what I'm saying. Is like, is is like real musicians didn't need that back then for this kind of music. Cab Calloway, you want to talk about a singer right and he would he would stand up there and wave his arms a little bit and he would turn around and do his thing yeah um but no i get that levy has to break i just i i'm not i'm not here to criticize the the writing or whatever i thought it was written beautifully um that was just it was a little too far for me that's why i'm i'm, I'm giving it that six points because like I'm, what this- i'm not going to do is sit here and say and and talk completely out of my butt and be like well i don't like the fact that this black playwright turned this black man into a killer because like obviously he's trying to say something that i don't understand may never understand i think but i can see a lot of people uh a lot of people trying to to outwoke that argument and being like and saying exactly what i just said but in in earnest i i think there's also you know plays written 40 years ago where mainstream african-american culture still to this day more so than white culture but i think like the thought of of shouting at God in that way was so taboo. Like, it, it didn't bother me that much watching this movie, like, seeing somebody mad at God. I thought it was a great commentary of, like, why were black people so in love with God when he's When God was just constantly them. letting things happen to them. Right. Yeah. I thought that was a wonderful conversation. That was one of the best best scenes in any movie made in the last 10 years, at least. Oh, yeah. Easily. Like, you, you put that up there, just that little passage. Put it up there with what, Ethan? With, with the greatest scenes, that, like, like, you pull it out of the movie and like show it in classes right not and then you're film like, classes like intro class. level western philosophy classes <laughs> right film classes you show that and then you show cap catching mjolnir and you're like which one's better <laughs> yeah film 101 <laughs> which one's better and why like well there's a few schools of thought here but no when uh yeah when cutler snaps back at him and like shoves him up against the wall and is like don't blaspheme my god don't you won't say that about my god and then he goes on that whole again that whole thing about like you know i, I heard what he he did i saw what he did for my mom that was a, that was a hell of a scene that was a tough passage that was that was incredible dialogue writing especially knowing Chadwick Boseman that's what I'm saying it's just even like it, it, not that that should let lend anything to it not that we should let it lend anything to it but like it's impossible to not think of it like this man died several months later from the worst disease. right this this man had had been dealing with his, the terminality of his illness for however five long. years yeah this is a really good brownie <laughs> I'm sort of unrelated to the conversation <laughs> at hand <laughs> <laughs> um no i love this movie completely like this is fantastic um there really is nothing like like stage dialogue because it has to be loud and fast and you have to yell over top of each other right like that's how uh the stage works See, there's no there's no eyebrow acting on the stage right you can't like it's not about the faces you make right and what i love about the stage is like in order to make things hard for actors like because that's what you're trying to do. musicians do this all the time this is where like bebop came from in order to make things hard you give them these like long hard to memorize soliloquies and and sonnets that are broken into weird meter because you just like you you want to challenge the the actor to give their best performance right and that's what i love about stage dialogue because in movies all too often a character says two or three lines of dialogue before a camera cut Yeah. You know, and so if you mess it up, you could spend all day working on that take. And I know that there's like budgets and yada, yada, yada and all that stuff. But like for the most part, plays are hard, dude. That's yeah. a hard thing. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I thought this fantastic movie. That is what I think is so, and this is why I come back to 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 the movie Birdman. What uh-huh. I think is so interesting about that movie is how they like weave the play in and out of the movie mm-hmm. in the like in the one shots where like you'll follow Edward Norton or 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 Michael Keaton like through the door onto the stage, watch him give the soliloquy, and then back out the other side in one shot. Like that's that's always been incredible to me because it's like it's 
so many different skills there at one time, but also like it goes beyond what is even expected of the stage actors, right? Like he's reading real lines of dialogue from a real short story as 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 play dialogue. What what's the short story? Uh, what, what we talk it? about? We talk about love by Raymond Carver. Yes, yes. I've a uh, well, there's a well disputed theology book called What We Talk About When We Talk About God that I that I like. It's Rob Bell, right? Yes, yeah, Rob Bell. Yeah, I, he's he's one of those writers who when we were in college, people were like, if you buy into his bull then you're an idiot and 30 years from now it, it will be his translation that people read i'm certain of it. yeah he wrote god's not dead right like the movie isn't that his whole thing no he wrote love wins which oh, okay. is a seminal piece of theology that asserts that that's the one thing god would not send people to hell yeah because he wouldn't <laughs> people obviously but people not a huge fan of that oh i'm sure that when rob bell, when i first heard rob bell me is the like the 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 just out of my like going to retreat phase college Catholic. freshman Catholic kid was just like, um, how dare you? How dare you? Not how only is there a hell, there's like secret special hell. Right. <laughs> Super hell. And now I'm just like, the idea of hell is so stupid, and there's I don't know why no anybody way. ever believed it. There's no way God would do that. There's no way God would do that, right? Like, that was the whole point of the flood and of Jesus. Right. Uh, but welcome to theology with bacon and eggs. Well, as soon as it's as soon just, as Bo started doing that speech, I was like, we're gonna have to talk about this stuff. Like, yeah. We've talked about God before. Oh, yeah, no, we had Kevin Garcia on here and left the episode uncut. <laughs> I know. That was a great episode. Unless you are uh, young-minded, in which case, don't listen to it. Or do. Maybe you'll grow. What? I'm talking to the listener now. What do you mean young-minded? Young-minded? Maybe just young on the calendar. If you're like very There's young. Some, like, yeah, but if you're like 14 or 15. Challenge your youth. Please, group. God, go listen to that episode. That's Kevin's whole shtick. Yeah. Follow Kevin on on, yeah. on, on Twitter. If you're a queer Christian, go go look listen to that man i do think it's interesting i don't know if it's the further i go into my 20s like and into adulthood or if it's a cultural shift or both i do think it's interesting how like i don't go to a church and i i feel very little pressure to yeah no not at all uh which like i didn't go to church when i was growing up but i felt pressure to i went to church growing up not every sunday and they were definitely like mean to me when i would get back from not going for a couple sundays yeah even if like we went on vacation no eucharist for you yeah i, I mean eucharist is what i don't know what that is eucharist yeah that's that's communion oh communion yeah no communion for you yeah eucharist is the proper word for that can you imagine God would not be like, you don't get bread and wine. Right. You don't get my body and blood. Right. Uh, did you read the book? No. It's like, it's no. Like, hey, bud, nobody's read the book. <laughs> it's like going to Mary Clay, who's our friend who does the Lord of the Rings podcast, going to her comment section on TikTok. And everybody's like, did you read the book? He's like, did you? Because I know you've read the book and I've read the book, but we haven't read the book. Not We not read it way- wrong. Right. Because like, I used to believe in hell. There's no way. It's There's not just even no in way. there. It's not in there. It's, it's still not in there. They have not managed to put it in there since then. Like, <laughs> it still evades them. Uh, I can't imagine telling my children that. Like, if you... I understand the Santa thing, right? If you misbehave, Santa won't bring presents. That's like a white lie that we all have fun with. I cannot imagine that, like, if you misbehave, you will be eternally damned. If you misbehave and... See, here's where I, 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 if you misbehave and refuse to repent, to apologize, I don't necessarily know what I believe happens to you. I, I think you get the opportunity too. 
I think you get the opportunity. I've always thought that. That was how I read it from the beginning. Growing up in 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 my Catholic upbringing, that's what I thought purgatory was. Is you got to just like try again until you got it right. Or like stew and just like right stew oh, and be no, like apologize. Maybe I should. Or you're sitting around there thinking like a thousand years, being like, oh, it was that thing. Mm, <laughs> got it. Hey, I'm ready to take the test now. Like <laughs> I got it this time. There's definitely not a test. And that was how I always thought about it. That, that's how I always thought about it. It was like when you 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 go and you meet the maker and you repent and and then but there's there's the the the, the at least to my knowledge the the Protestant way of thinking in some terms is like you got to repent before you die or you're doomed. I thought that was the Catholic thinking. That's why they had the boxes. No, I mean you can repent whenever and you should always be repenting. A B R always be repenting. <laughs> <laughs> It's a new bacon and eggs t-shirt. No, it's, 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 it's cleansing. It's cleansing for your soul. Uh, I do like the sacraments. I like the mass. I like confession. I don't have like... The issues that I have with the Catholic Church are not mechanical. They are like fundamental. I have an issue with the necessity for mass. I don't dislike the sermon. I dislike that you tell me I have to be there and I have to speak the language of the minister and I have to understand and I have to be able to sing in C-sharp major. Well, the, chur- the church that you saw for my mother's funeral was not the church that I grew up with at all. Um... I don't know who that guy is, but not hashtag not my priest. <laughs> He's still a servant of the of the Pope Diddley, though. Uh, yeah, that's sort of why I have issues with the Catholic Church is that they would make that dude into not just a priest, but like a super priest. Is he like a? Uh, he's a he's a Monsignor. Monsignor. So that's still but not like a cardinal. Not though. like a bishop. It's not like a bishop. cardinal. He's he is like a regular old priest. Like he says mass in a church. He has a church, but he's like it's like having your PhD in priesting. Except it's not because I think you can go get like a PhD. Or it's not a degree. It is just like the it's like having your MBA in 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 in. in that's a degree too. Pre- yeah, but you know what I mean though, right? Like, but. Like, it's like the MDiv for, you have to have an MDiv to preach in most Protestant churches, but like. But that's what I'm saying is I don't know what the, what the schooling is like specifically. I, I, I don't think it's a school. It's like a certification. More like, like you don't, you don't go to college to be a Monsignor. You go to college to be a priest. And then later on you go to like priestly grad school. So I. But, it's, but there's also like an honorific to it as well. My undergrad was pre-seminary. All but one class, which didn't matter because by the time I graduated, I decided I wasn't going anyway. Okay. I was going to go to Bethel in St. Paul because I love St. Paul. Uh, but Bethel is a Baptist college. I, I just don't think I would have done well. Yeah, I definitely would not have done well at Baptist college. I mean, the Baptists yeah. have historically not seen eye to eye about a whole lot of things. I, the closest I think to like doctrine that I would agree with is the ELCA which is the Evangelical Lutheran Christian Association, where they, like, let gays preach and let women preach. Of course, I say that and somebody's going to be like, oh, excuse me, Tyler, in 1985, they denied a black man from preaching. Oh, I'm sure they did. And I'm like, uh, you know what? You got me. And I don't know the history. And I also don't know the doctrine that well. Nor do I care to. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure that's the closest to what I agree with. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know. I do know that, like, when I was in high school, when I was 18, the church that I was attending voted to leave the ELCA because they were a allowing uh, LGBTQ and women to preach. They joined the LCMC, which is whole doctrine was like, we don't think women or LGBTQ people should preach. Otherwise, we agree with the ELCA. Neat. <laughs> it was like, and it was like a 300 to 100 vote. Like, the idea of close. that now is so abhorrent to me. It just makes me so mad. And that was like 2010. Yeah. It was not that long ago. 
and those people are still part of that. Yeah. Um. Oh, I did not like it. I know. Also, that, if you're I, about to type an angry email to me about why churches should be exclusive to anybody based on gender or sexual affiliation, you can delete the email. I I will not read. Also, it yeah. If you respond. have problems with Tyler and I being Christian, we also understand that, and you're totally valid. Um. Yeah. There's I don't a even lot know if I call myself a Christian anymore. I used to be. Um. I'm sorry for the people I hurt during that time. Yeah. I don't. I I I believe in Jesus. Came to Earth, told us to be good people. You know, he's like, don't be a dick. Here's fish and bread. Here's wine. He was kind of cool. Uh, and then he died on the cross and he came back. I believe that. I don't believe Native Americans came to, or I, Native Americans were obviously here. I don't believe Jesus went to the Native Americans. And I don't believe Islam studied that. I didn't, I didn't jive with that one. Um, I have no idea. Is, like, I, I just, like, I grew up Christian. That's the easiest way for me to explain the afterlife at this point. I, I, the explanation on the afterlife, I'm a little hazy on, but I, it's, Jesus, it's not even that. It's just like, I definitely believe in the afterlife. Um, yeah. And that, like, you should do your best to be a good person during your time on earth. You should do your best to help others and to make people happy and like you know i can only hope that's good enough and if that's not good enough i don't want to be there and also like if i got it wrong i'm okay with that right like if i uh if i spend my whole life trying to exist and i die and nothing happens like well first of all i'm not gonna care really am i nope don't get a second shot but if i do and if i if i am presented uh with with um with the face of abraham or i'm presented with abraham's not god to the jews to to, to yahweh or whatever the um jews believe or whatever the uh, whatever the muslims believe or whatever the hindus believe if i'm presented with anybody else's idea of the maker i'm gonna be like hey sorry dude like you have to understand how it was sold that, to me that galilean made a pretty good uh argument a couple thousand years ago my bad um <laughs> did my best there on earth would just like to say firsthand my bad can I hang? I cool. Think, I think what it all comes down to is like either an all-knowing God would be understanding or an all-knowing God would be prideful. And I've played The Sims and I've killed my Sims. But it's more fun when you I let don't have a think, life. I don't think. So I don't think when you get to the pearly gates and St. Peter lists off your list of crimes against humanity or whatever, I don't think the one thing that's going to stop you from eternal bliss in the kingdom of heaven is, well, Tyler, it looks like back in 2008... <laughs> You killed some Sims that you modeled after you and your high school girlfriend, you freaking weirdo. <laughs> you locked a Sim in a building with no doors. There's just a bunch of clown paintings. Yeah, you... And then it, the clown came to life. Really, we should be. If, if, if hell exists, it exists specifically for the makers of the Sims at Electronic Arts. <laughs> the only good game they made. Yeah, they made Star Wars Battlefront, my dude. Not the original ones. They definitely did. No, they did not. They didn't? No. They made Madden 2000. 2002. <laughs> uh, let's see. Battlefront 2002. Star Wars Battlefront. LucasArts, bro. Pandemic Studios. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we really should have seen it coming. <laughs> really should have seen the Pando coming. I think we did. Right? That's why Obama had Yeah, that's why we have mRNA vaccines. Because we saw the Pandos coming. We naively believe that with this second round of vaccines, it'll be over. I mean, that's what a vaccine does. Yeah, we're going to be living with this bad boy for the rest of our lives. I mean, yeah. You're going to have to get your COVID vaccine every couple years. Yep. That's okay. We'll be all right. The new flu. Eventually, it'll die off, just like polio. The flu's still around. Yeah. The flu is the super virus. It just keeps changing all the time. But yeah, like, people will die of COVID-19 for a long time. A few people a year. I'm not thrilled about that. My lip is back, Ethan. Do you see this? This is the biggest news of the week. I don't know what you just did, but it zoomed me out on Zoom. 
zoom. <laughs> I uh, I went full screen. I don't know if that changed. Well, it, it zoomed me out. Can I zoom in on you? Like That's I can see I more of myself now. Oh, let me zoom you back in. No, huh? Uh, my rainies. Black yeah. So anyway, mom. that was a d diatribe from Tyler and Ethan about whether or not God exists, and the answer is <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. First of all, mm, this movie is awesome, though. Um, I really enjoyed it. Chad Bozeman. I mean, I'm not gonna say he wasn't one of the greats, but like could have been one of the greats. A capital they, capital T, capital G, like I I mean it might be one of the greats. I just wasn't in that many movies. That's the issue, but like every movie he was in was awesome. I mean, sure, yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying is like like I think had we been gifted with, you know, however many more years of Chadwick Boseman. We would have just gotten more and more awesome films. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like he could Did it let me let me ask you this. Did it stress you out that he was the young one in this? Uh no. Dude's never looked a day over 30 years old. No, I know I, I know that, but did it stress you out at all that, like, knowing that Chadwick Boseman is now no longer with us, that he was, like, the youngest one in this crew, minus Sylvester? Uh, no. No. It didn't stress me out. That's that's life, man. Like... Hmm. Maybe stress is the wrong word. I, I definitely know. I, I firmly it. understand what you're saying, um, but this movie did off not offer me any sort of, like, crisis in regards to that, because I've spent the last month of my life being like man mitch mcconnell's still alive and my mother is not that sucks like i think about all the people that that outlived both of my parents that are way older than them and way like mitch mcconnell like mitch mcconnell uh so yeah no like that's, that's not a feeling i'm super unfamiliar with recently but also it didn't like just crush me with chadwick boseman i uh as a sidebar a quick quick delve into american politics the fact that we do senate trials for anything stupid yeah we have a supreme court yeah the supreme court doesn't hear trials which is weird like i don't i don't understand it either i feel like you could like i feel like in. if anybody was going to to serve up uh impeachment but i think that's the balance between the houses right like that's how they solve this is like the house impeaches the senate convicts no stupid house and senate impeach trial here we go jury of his peers only former presidents <laughs> he would hang <laughs> you even but because george w bush would be like now not not no donald that was not the right way to run this country i know <laughs> i know how to not run this country that was the bad way <laughs> you did it worse than me man yeah, you did it worse than me don they attacked us you attacked us um no because if 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 barack obama got to speak on why donald trump shouldn't be president they'd be there for the rest of forever oh man what i wouldn't give both because i, I think D barack obama probably has a, a laundry list of, of reasons and also because he talks very slow now my fellow americans now the reason that uh, donald trump uh, uh, it's the uh. can't be <laughs> the president is the one that he was i would give out. anything i just my question is if we win the impeachment and the trial and the conviction uh, so he doesn't he get to be president anymore well, right but he's already not president right but he doesn't get to run for president that, so that is true, right? And he doesn't get a library. He doesn't get the Secret Service. He doesn't get the pension. He doesn't get the secure uh, the anything. Or I mean, taxpayers are losing on his pension, but I feel that. Well, that, that's what I'm saying is like he doesn't get our money ever again, and he doesn't get a library. There's no Donald Trump presidential library. Is there a library for all the other ones? Yeah, where? All over the place, my guy. All over really? the place. Yeah, I can go to like the Herbert Hoover Library. I don't. I don't know when it started. Does the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library have Harry Potter? Herbert Hoover Presidential Library and Museum, West Branch, Iowa. Look at get in there. See if they have a a book lookup. <laughs> the, the catalog, the card catalog, catalog, digital card catalog, Dewey Decimal. 
and tell me if they have Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban in stock. You know, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's like a public library. Like, I don't like that. I don't like that. I think that's stupid. So, right. Okay. But like, I don't think you go to the Library of Congress and uh, check out Harry Potter either. This is the stupidest thing. Library of Congress, they'll be like, it has every book. I'll be like, really? Does it have Harry Potter? People will be like, no, that's stupid. Obviously, it doesn't have Harry Potter. That's every book? It's like one out of every three books sold. Okay, but probably. also, like, the Library of Alexandria wouldn't have had Harry Potter. It's like, there's a, there's a, library is a complicated word. I don't know what they have in the presidential libraries, man. I've never been to one. There's not a president from Roanoke, Virginia, okay? They have, nobody's built a presidential library in Roanoke, Virginia, and I have never been to, like, anywhere else in the country to be like, ah, I'm gonna go to the Gerald R. Ford Presidential Library. All right, I'm glad that you're upset. Um, here's the Library of Congress's website, loc.com. You can search everything, or you can search audio recordings, books, films, legislation. Right, yeah, I'm sure there's a copy of the Harry Potter books in the the Congress, the Library of Congress, my dude. I don't think you go there and check it out with your Library of Congress library card okay i think you do having fun is not hard when you have a library card but it is having it is hard to have fun at the library of congress <laughs> also if, if national treasure 2 the book of secrets is to be believed they lock half the stuff up in there anyway it's you straight up cannot search the library of congress it will not let you uh gerald r ford presidential library by the way is in ann arbor charter township michigan uh so one of the best searches on google for the library of congress was does the library of congress have manga <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. I don't know why, but like, put that on a t-shirt. We don't even have to have a logo on it. We just sell it. <laughs> I think that's so good. Because I don't like manga, but I love the idea that, like, you go in the Library of Congress. Go to the Library of Congress and check out some Naruto. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Does the Library of Congress have fish with mustaches? Trout. Okay, but also, like, the Library of Congress has. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff on trout, okay. which doesn't surprise me. So the Library of Congress holds anything deemed to be, like, uh, this is, I don't think this is all of what it holds, but they're the people that hold, like, one of everything deemed to be historically or culturally significant, right? So that's books, plays, movies, songs, everything like that. But, like, I'm not going to go down to my local public library and freaking check out a copy of Point Break. Like, <laughs> that's not how libraries work. Where's the blockbuster of Congress? <laughs> Here's my question. You could go to your local library and check out Point Break. They definitely have it. That was the most that was the most Justin McElroy sentence I've ever said in my life, by the way. <laughs> was, I'm not gonna go to the library of Congress and check out or I'm sorry, I'm not gonna go to my local library and check out a copy of Point Break. Where's Where's the Blockbuster of Congress? Is one of my finest moments. I'm just gonna toot my own horn there. It, it will not let me search the Library of Congress for this young British orphan wizard. It won't let me. Maybe they only have American stuff in there. It's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Sorcerer's Sor- Stone. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. That's how British people would say it with an American accent. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, isn't it? Philosopher. Yeah, that's how they Philosopher. say that word. Philosopher. Philosopher. That's why the parents, that's why the Christian parents didn't like it. Philosopher Stone. The p- Christian We're- parents didn't like it because it was about witches and stuff. And none of them read it because it was about witches and stuff. And then they read it and they're like this is a delightful tale about basically jesus about jesus <laughs> like i said i remember the shift from not being able to watch harry potter because i was going to burn in hell according to the catholic church to dressing as harry potter for a catholic church halloween party that was my childhood okay tori wood grew up with iphones i grew up with that <laughs> 
I remember I when remember they invented Trunk or Treat. Okay, so there's a blog on the laws behind the magic of Harry Potter. Blah, blah, blah. I need books. Here's the real question. Is uh, the, the the Pittsburgh cycle by August Wilson in the Library of Congress? Almost definitely. It's gotta be. Gotta be. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, book slash printed material. Oh, this man won. This man got like one dumb Tony Awards for all this stuff too. Yeah. Uh, and like got nominated, like all 10 plays were nominated at least once for best play. Okay. If you're curious, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is at shelf PZ7.R79835. If you are in the greater DC area and can safely go to the Library of Congress, I need you to go and take a picture of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire and your library card. I have to know that it's there. I don't think they have Library of Congress library cards. I don't think you can walk in and be like, hi, can I get a library card? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's the Library of Congress. It's I get, not even like- I get what you're saying. But a library is just a room that's got books in it. Okay, and I'm in the library. That is the what, annals of my library. That is what your name library means. Okay, you can have a library in your home. You don't have to. If you have a library in your home, you do not have to walk up to the freaking checkout desk and and they stamp the sheet in the back of it. Right? Like nobody is plastic coating the dust jackets of your books. Dude, I would be so pissed. Yeah, me too. I'd be pissed if somebody put a freaking stamp out sheet in the back of my books. <laughs> I, I, do you ever want a system for your books for like, I last read this on this date? Yeah, it's called Goodreads. Yeah. But like, when I look at my shelf, I want, I almost wanted, I won't do it because that would drive me absolutely insane. I almost want like a, a red sticker for like to be read and a green sticker for I've, I've actually finished this. I don't, I just don't keep a lot of stuff on my shelves that I don't read. I buy books constantly. Like the book usually just doesn't go on the shelf unless it's been read. I am out of shelf space, as you may have seen. I noticed that, yeah. I had to reorganize my Pokemon cards to Today. I why did I say that? I'm not some boomer that doesn't know what my kids are doing. I reorganized my Pokemon cards today so that I could put more books on my shelf. Nice. Yeah. I will say this. When I opened Goodreads and said, hey, Goodreads, I'm reading Aragon. And it was like, hey, you last finished Aragon on like December 12th, 2010. And I was like, thanks, Goodreads. <laughs> thanks for the heads up, Goodreads. Did not know I'd been on this app for at least 11 years. Uh, All I know is in like 2014, you gave total frat move the novel four stars sure i did because i remember i remember doing this in our house in port warwick i remember sitting in my bedroom and cataloging every book on my shelf in goodreads i'm so proud of you i still have my copy of the total frat move book oh me too it is in a box in my storage unit that still has my books that i carried around with me in college in it did you did you carry a book back in book bag book backpack book bag why does book bag feel so wrong to say did i get my book bag did, no like did you have a book bag in college why does book bag feel so wrong? It's a backpack. Backpack. Because we stopped saying book bag when we were, I don't know, 12, 15. Yeah, something like that. 12. I had a backpack in college. Um, I've lost the art of packing a backpack. I put three books and a laptop in a backpack to go to your place this weekend. Did you read them all? No. Well, one of them was the copy of An Absolute Beautiful Endeavor that I was giving you. Beautifully Foolish Endeavor. Beautifully Foolish Endeavor that I was giving you. And the other was a copy of Marcus Zusak's The Book Thief. And uh, the other was the collection of short stories I'm reading. And they're all hardback books. But I'm like, why can I not fit three hardback books and a laptop into a backpack? I used to carry around textbook like textbooks plural and a bigger laptop yeah in a string bag in like like a like a spike bag yeah we, i didn't know that other people didn't call it spike bags that's a fun fact my fresh yeah they're called they're string bags string bags yeah. yeah um in fact it might only be your family that refers to them as spike bags well so you used to get them i don't know if this is an etymology or an origin or anything but you used to get them when you buy a pair of cross-country spikes so they were spike bags obviously yeah and then yeah. starting around i don't know 20 10 they became swag yeah where like you go to an event and you get a spike because my entire freshman year i carried around my laptop in my cnu like setting sail string bag. setting sail. creatine swag crew 11 
I was crew 11. Crew 18 with uh, uh, Alessandra? No. What was her name? She's fantastic. Her name started with an A. Arriva Derchi, I think. <laughs> Arriva Derchi. What was Arenvi Belinsky? It wasn't her, but she was one too. Shout out Arenvi Belinsky or anybody that knows Arenvi Belinsky <laughs> if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast right now. I know there's at least a dozen of you. I know Sam Jones is like, I know who that is. I Maybe. Sam Jones is younger than us. Oh, you're right. And Arenvi Belinsky was older than us. But I think one year older than us and Sam is one Potentially. I bet us. Jillian Hobbs knows Arenvi Belinsky. Is Jillian Hobbs listening to this? Almost certainly. Sometimes when we say things, I hope that like the app that I use to make the little previews will pick that sentence because I don't. And get you to can pick get a little audiogram. This is Jillian Hobbs. I hope you're listening to this. What's up? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, Jillian Hobbs. I believe is starting a true crime podcast. Rock on, Jillian I, Hobbs and and Jess Calvinesso. I would assume. I just got followed by like the 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 crime dossier. Oh, that's such on a Twitter. good name. Uh, and because so, I'm I'm assuming it is they're replacing the, the the dating dossier with. I loved the dating dossier, but then there was a covid 19 and it yeah was it like, got really hard to go on dates yeah although i so i'm not single neither are you uh but a friend of mine has been going on dates via uh, the, sorry sorry better name better name the deadly dossier oh even better. a friend of mine has been going on dates via zoom and she'll like post on facebook about it and be like it's a deadly dossier I, from the WB she'll be like camp. this is my second zoom date with the guy which i it's a pet peeve of mine i understand that like there's no other way to do it but i want you to just tell me his name i get why you can't do that either but i don't want you write just the boy or the guy it's still a pet the boy peeve. timothy shablagoo <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but she'd be like, um, when I'm on a second Zoom date and he taught me how to make uh, pancetta and risotto. Like, those are both carbs, but that's awesome. Keep your spoon in the pan the whole time. Did you say those are both carbs? Yes. Hey, bro, there's a there's a, there's a a panoramic on. You can eat carbs if you want to. <laughs> also, I don't think I know what pancetta is. It's pasta, right? Yeah. Oh, no. Pancetta is, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's carbs, but it's it's pork belly. I, was thinking, I didn't know what uh, pancetta was yesterday when I said it, so I know the hell you don't know what it is because I you're mean, saying because I, I said it yesterday. I mean, I cook. So I feel like I should know. You said I cook. <laughs> Wait, you don't cook? I cook. I cook, but you said it like it was. It was like your Emerald Lagasse. <laughs> Pancetta. Like, boy, you make a pretty good breakfast casserole. Like, <laughs> don't don't, don't come out of your lane here. Three years ago, during before there was a pancetta, and I had to cook every meal for four, three mouths. How many mouths are in my house? Three, three, three and a half. We'll say three and a third. Plus, Man, I I'll cook. tell you what. Nobody likes food like your dogs like food. Nobody likes food like Stella. Like Stella. <laughs> Stella's an extremely chill dog until, until it's, it's dinner time. time. Stella's dinner time it, at two and at four and until at eight. Stella has decided it's dinner time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is, that is, give me food. I actually meant to tell you that like you can feed her as much as you want, but only feed her the dog food twice a day. Of course, we didn't have the other thing. So if you fed her the other, if you fed her dog food over and over again, it's fine. I didn't. I fed her dog food twice a day. Oh man, you are much stronger willed than Correct. I. Correct. Yeah, I don't yeah. feed other people's dogs. Okay, like like I go, I, 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 get, I deal with this constantly when I go visit uh, Caitlin's parents. Right, they have two little dachshund mini pin mixes. Sweetest mm. little guys. They're not that sweet. They're actual like demon terrors. But they're cute. They're adorable. Uh, they're just they're just little guys. They're bigger than sorry, but they're just little guys. Um, and they have decided that I'm the one that's gonna feed them. Now I've I've been going there for for a long time. I've never fed them once. The dogs have decided this, or Caitlin's family. The dogs has. have decided this. They'll they because they'll choose somebody at dinner time and and like sit next to that person and be like. Mm, you're the one we've decided is going to feed us tonight. And it's you never got, me. You right? got French fries. I got a mouth. Like I walked in the first time and they were like, hey, uh, just by the way, don't feed the dogs people food. They get very upset tummies and they will poop everywhere. And <laughs> I was like, do poop everywhere. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, got it. Took that as like 
the gospel truth, right? <laughs> Figured if I feed the dog, hey. it's gonna because I heard a horror story of 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 uh, Caitlin Sisters' boyfriend feeding the dog and then and then uh, uh, pooing all over his Air Force Ones. Well, this is why I don't bring my Air Force Ones to my girlfriend's parents. I <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend, to, but to my wife's parents' house. That's not true. My brother-in-law. This is a fun fact about my brother-in-law. He has like three hundred pairs of uh, Jordans. Anyway, on with the story. Air Force Ones are not Jordans. I know. Okay, I'm, just make sure you know that. I'm familiar. Michael Jordan. His shoes are not Nikes. Well, they are made by Nike, but uh, um, yeah. So I just didn't. I don't feed the dogs. So, like they said, hey, don't feed the dogs. So I just still don't feed the dogs. And like they get enough people food from the other people in the house who feed the dogs. And so I'm just like, you know that one of the, the one of the girls is going to feed them. Like, like, you, these dogs know this, but they look at me. They sit next to me. Like I'm not the one. I'm not the one. Do you look like somebody who's giving food off your plate to other people? I, apparently, people <laughs> think this all the time. <laughs> So you watch my dogs and you only fed them twice a day. Yeah, I fed them twice a day. So we have a system worked out where with her vet where she can eat low sodium cans of veggies literally whenever she wants. Okay. Uh, but we ran out before you came and I didn't have time to go get more. So I just didn't tell you about it. I could have picked some up. That probably would have made my life easier. She was very mad at me most of the time. <laughs> Around 2 p.m. Around 2 p.m., yeah. <laughs> she would go from she would go from from sleeping to squeaking. Yeah. Uh, thank you, by the way. I don't know if I said thank you for coming and watching my dogs, but I very much appreciate you doing that. Hey, it's no problem. Uh, I hope you liked this house. I hope you liked my my guest bed. I do like your guest bed. Um, your guest bedroom special. has the opposite problem as it had in the old house, and that it's cold. It's here. very cold. <laughs> very cold. It's very cold. I think in the summer it'll be very hot. So it's got that going. I don't for know it. though. Maybe. Maybe. That's like being cold, I think, is like a frog room thing. Yeah, but in the summer, the hot air will go into the garage and then it'll be like, oh, gotta go up. Right, but the wind will also go uh, into the garage. It's windy in summer. It's always windy. You live on top of a hill. I do. Let me tell you, uh, it was windy tower. one night while you were gone and your house makes a lot of noise. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't know. Just, All I hear is just like dog house crying and baby crying and wife crying and me crying. All I hear is tears. I did not cry. No? No. Maybe if you borrowed one of my books and it I did was spend sad, the first night there cried. completely by myself with the dog which was terrifying um really yeah it's just like out in the middle of nowhere in an unfamiliar house that's making a bunch of noise at me hey i don't know if you know this i've like been through some shit in the last couple months this house is safe like yeah but like i'm still not a hundred percent put together right now like i haven't spent a whole lot of nights alone and i've spent very few nights alone in someone else's house you had stella she's a guard dog (laughs) (laughs) yeah the intruder would come in and Stella would be like, feed me. <laughs> yeah, the intruder would come in with a can of low-sodium veggies. And she'd be like, hi, you're my best friend. They haven't fed me any low-sodium veggies in the last five days. Give me the food. Yeah, so I, I fed him when now. I woke up, and I fed him at dinner time. That was it. That's insane. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. But she just, as long as I'm working from home, I have to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if she had started in on me while I was, like, recording, I'd have been like, yeah, here's a bagel, my dude. Like, go for it. <laughs> here's some pizza bagel. Here's an everything. Yeah, here's 11 bagel bites. See you later. <laughs> Enjoy. She's so noisy. She is. She just just chirps. Like, you think that like it happened tonight where she comes in here and I'm like, if I pet her, no. she'll sit quietly. No. She just cries more. <laughs> She's so sweet though. Uh, did they sleep on the bed? Uh, she did. He did not. Really? He wouldn't use the puppy stairs. Yeah, he can't figure him out. You gotta pick him up. I was not picking him up. <laughs> Is that, I don't 
don't, I don't particularly want them to sleep on the bed. Um, not really my thing. Uh, but Stella was just like, hmm, I'm gonna sleep on the bed. She loves this you, bed. The you keep throwing foam. me off. I'm gonna come up, and every without <laughs> fail, I'd wake up in the morning and she'd be right there next to me, and Sawyer would be sleeping in his bed, glaring at me, just like I could have been on that. Let me up, too. and like I tried to show him how to use the puppy stairs. He wouldn't use the puppy stairs. He would like walk across the top of me, like, what is this nonsense? And I, w- I would set him down on the puppy stairs, and he would he would walk up them, and then just be incapable of doing that. <laughs> That's so funny. So that was my deal. I was like, dude, if you can get up the puppy stairs, you can sleep on the bed. He's so he's so cute. He's my buddy. He sleeps under the covers with me. And Stella sleeps in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we would we throw Stella off the bed, and she would like put herself to bed for five minutes, and then be like, mm-hmm, time to get back on the bed. <laughs> she loves that memory foam mattress, though. If I leave this door open and it's like bedtime, she's like, I'm sleeping in there. That's awesome. <laughs> it's also cold. <laughs> it's also chilly and awesome she like she like sticks her head into it it's the best how long have we been doing this episode for uh an hour and i don't know 15 minutes well, i was just looking at the full audacity i've got 122 i've got 123 but we did talk for 10 straight minutes i know i know i'm just i just didn't know how long we've been recording because you said you were going to be up until three in the atch from uh, in antimeridium and Ant- Ant- yeah Ant- i mean i a- probably a- will be i don't know it's, it's all good man it happens um, so that's work that's working as a freelancer right like sometimes it happens some, some days you do nothing some days i do nothing some days i do everything i'm bad at time management dude i'm bad at time management you know this very well about me uh I just came back from a vacation where my mom and I went hiking in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, the Great Smoky Mountains. Uh, I got a sticker that has Bigfoot on it, and it doesn't quite stick to my laptop the way that I wanted it to. Very upset about it. Anyway, while in the Great Smoky Mountains, my mom was like, I was talking to your sisters-in-law the other day, and they were like, that's not how my mom talked. Uh, And she was like, and they were commenting on your amazing time management skills. You fit so much into a day. And I was like, you were talking to who? About me? Me? Me. Me. Tyler Carlin. My time management skills. Mom, I don't even know what day of the week it is. This is a fun fact if you know me well. Uh, if, like, if you've sent me an email and you're like, Tyler, will you get back to me about my podcast? Know that it's weighing on me more than it's weighing on you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're like, my assumption is that you're like, you sent me that email, but you're more important than me. And you were like, man, maybe I'll get back to it. Maybe you won't. I read that email and I'm like, I have to come up with the perfect response. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the big thing. It's like, I just, people are like, how do you have 96 unread text messages? I'm like, I've read them. I know what they say. I'm not responding to them about. yet. I have to think about I will them. eventually respond to them. And what will happen and somebody else and somebody will text me back and be like, "Hey man, just check it in on this." And I gotta come up with a. God, oh, I'm so sorry. X Y Z. Per my last email. Yeah. X. Yeah. This is this is why. And they're always like, "Yeah, totally cool, man. Just needed to know stuff. <laughs> Take your time." Um. It's one dude what? that. Uh, bought a copy of my book yeah uh exactly three hours after my mom died uh-huh. and sent me a really nasty email yesterday that was just like hey uh f face he didn't call me an f face but he was just very mad at me that he hadn't got his book yet and i was like dude straight up missed your email missed the uh missed the email telling me you bought one my bad sending it out today like ha- had, had a couple things going on bad timing and it's he, a one-man operation yeah, and he hit me back and he's like oh, this is pretty unprofessional and i'm like i don't care sorry <laughs> sometimes things are unprofessional sorry okay. dude like you bought a photo book from an artist <laughs> be all right there's no words in it you don't have to like you know, narrate i mean there's a narrative like i was about to say <laughs> slow your roll there <laughs> there's uh, how many images are it there's that many times a thousand words in it yeah a picture's worth a thousand words yeah i've always this so my dream for most of my youth was to be a college professor this wasn't like a real dream but i wanted to be a college professor who taught photography or like art appreciation and just like on day one be like a picture's worth a thousand words here's a picture 
write a thousand words. And I'm like, I've wanted to do that my whole life. Has anybody ever had that assignment? I think it's the I'm best. sure. I'm sure you, that plenty of people have. Like, that has to be. That's got to be like the go-to. Right. Picture's worth a thousand words. Write me a thousand words about this picture. And you'll find I, out very quickly that no picture is worth a thousand words. Pictures are either worth a hundred thousand words or, I don't know, like 85. <laughs> this is a picture of somebody's Starbucks. It is not particularly interesting. It's not even that. It's like, I can weave a, a narrative about a cup of Starbucks, right? But it, it's a thousand words is a bunch of words. A thousand words is almost a, is a, like, a, like, like most of a day of NaNoWriMo. Yeah. Like that's a thousand words is a lot of words. It's less words than you think, but also more words than you think, right? Like it's. So we've been speaking of writing, speaking of what? It's a hundred tweets bottom. probably. Oh, I could knock out a hundred tweets. In no time. The other day, Roanoke was trending on Twitter. I think I knocked out 1500 tweets. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I do know that when I clicked on the Roanoke trending thing, I don't know if it's because it was my profile, but like my tweets were most of the top ones. Truly your boomeriest moment. <laughs> what? Tweeting about Roanoke When you like, you took somebody's <laughs> joke and was like, I got a shill for tourism. I got it. You got everybody. You, you in, hey, you insult my hometown. No way. Not, not, not today. Not ever. Cause like, so here's my question for you, Ethan. We were talking about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is a play adapted into a movie. We've been reading a lot of books lately. If you were to write a novel today, do you have a, an idea? I'm actively writing a novel. Yeah. What's it about? I'm not going to tell you that. Can you tell me? I will tell you that. I'm not telling the podcast that. Is there a character based on me? That's what I want to know. Um, not like specifically there's i don't think they're gonna like you're gonna you read the book and be like mm, this one's me it's not like i think you are you are inseparable at this point from my story so it's not like rat and link's novel where there's rex and leaf no (laughs) (laughs) no it's not about like edgar and and (laughs) tommy tommy yeah (laughs) no 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 it's not like that at all uh, but yeah, like like I've known you for so long that it, the, the the color of the you have left on my experience is inseparable at this point. So all my characters are based on you. I knew it. An abundance of Tyler's. An abundance of Tyler's. <laughs> yes. Do you ever think it's weird? Sometimes I think if John and Hank weren't famous, I would think it's really weird that John's book about dating a bunch of girls with the same name have Hank's wife's name. Uh, I think that's just a complete coincidence. Mm, I think it is too, but there, if I didn't hey, like... Hey, there were a lot of people for a wild named Catherine. I know. My mother-in-law's name is Catherine. My daughter's name is Catherine. Your daughter's middle name is Catherine. Yes. Because of your mother-in-law. Yes. And my aunt. Uh, I don't know, man. What am I talking about? If I, hey, oh, hey, but oh, yeah, if, I I write ten, if I write 10 books in my life, I, I will be unavoidable to use the name Emily. That's not true. Yeah, it is. Be like, this is a female character, Aragon. Right. But like, if I'm, if I, okay, so if I write, if I write 10 <laughs> books, say if I write 10, like realistic books. Like, like YAs? Yeah. Like why, like not, not even YAs, just like a books about 21st century America, right? Like it is, it is unavoidable that like the fact that you could read, read an entire book without a character running into somebody named Emily is ridiculous to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, that's his brother's wife's name. I don't think they were married. I don't know. It's the one where John is like, I can do math. Yeah, he had like a resident mathematics uh, expert. Yeah. <laughs> Speak of the devil and she shall appear. Say hello to the podcast, Stella. <laughs> mm, okay, I take it all back. <laughs> and a bunch of Catherines came out in the same year that Hank and Catherine Green got married. That's a little bit weird, right? That's a little bit weird. Like he was up there doing his best man speech and he was like, hi, I'm John Green. <laughs> I think I'm going to die of C. Div. <laughs> and I wrote a book about your wife. I don't think that's true, though. Like, it's just about people named Catherine, right? Like, it's extremely hi. common name and he writes hold a on, book hold about on, hold on hold on i have to do the john green timbre hi i'm john green and i've got four things i want to say one you're marrying a woman named Catherine. two you're I wrote marrying a, book about a woman Catherine's. named Catherine. isn't that crazy 
<laughs> he's got he does he does lists a lot. That's the big thing. Ugh. And my poof is unbelievable right now that you're marrying a woman named Catherine. I've got strawberry wine handy. Uh I stole cigarettes from the eagle. Uh, yeah, he wrote, you, you're just referencing Looking for Alaska, like <laughs> the other book. <laughs> you know, when you first met Catherine, all I could think about was Oslo, New York. Uh, Oslo, New York is a very famous town because it's a paper Aglo. <laughs> Aglo. <laughs> I listened to that yesterday. Did you really? I listened to his TED talk about it. Oh. I didn't. Yeah. I was like, you're listening to the to paper towns right now? <laughs> no, I'm listening to the name of the wind right now. Everything else I finished. Well, I have some uh, some eyeball books and Name of the Wind. About halfway through Aragon. Nice. It's pretty good. It has held up. I, I'm curious to read this. And the other the other day, somebody was like, you remember Pendragon? I was like, yes, no. I, I read, I read all of those books in like 2017. Really? Yeah. Like, listen to all of them. All 10 like, of them. during the podcast, you were like, hold on, let me pause watching the MCU. Maybe Let's right before? Pendragon. Maybe right before? It was either 2016 or 2017. I was working in, in Yorktown at State Farm. Boop, 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 boop. Because I have vivid memories of like listening to them on uh, Outback in my car on my lunch break. On Outback? No, like Outback of the office. Oh, uh, I was like, you drove a Subaru or you were Outback of an Outback Steakhouse or you were on top of an Outback Steakhouse, <laughs> which is also a parking garage. <laughs> Why or would you it... had like a Casio Outback? <laughs> a Casio? What is a Casio Outback? It's like a Walkman, but like you've never heard of that 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 Audible that audiobook service called Outback? I know. No, I actually, there I... are other audiobook services out there that like occasionally I get emails and they'll be like, "Hey, you should try our service." And I'm like, "No." I I, I did. Uh, I give the Bezos service. I did torrent all of the li- or the uh, Pendragon books on audiobook. Nice, because I didn't you have can't... the money to buy ten books but in a month. Can't... You can't listen to them at 1.5 if you torrented them. I wasn't listening to them at 1.5 back then. Oh. Have you graduated from 1X? Are you at 1.5 on everything now? No. Oh, Why okay. would I be? I don't know. I might slow down Name of the Wind. I really want it to be over so that I can be like, I finished this hard book. But at the same time, I'm like, I really need to listen to this at a normal speed because I can't follow it at all. I think I listened to, um, the max I listened to The Wise Man's Fear was... 1.3. I was doing Name of the Wind at 1.5 today. Because he gets oh. real slow at the end. He meets like a like a group of people that talk real slow mm. for like the, the, the third third of that book. So I bumped it up a little bit because I was like, this is just Zootopia. Like, I can't. <laughs> I cannot. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Do we have listener reviews? I don't know. You forgot to ask for them on Discord. Sorry, Discord. Ah, 78 out of 100. I haven't read this review yet. If it's terrible, then I'm so sorry. Liam 2.0 says, if you can make it through long patches of nothingness, you're in for extremely compelling monologues that transport you to other worlds despite the characters being trapped in a building i especially loved how the plot almost played out in real time assisting the movie in its grandiose themes oh, i can say grandiose better grandiose themes i loved it chadwick boseman was perfect crying crying emoji instead of crying laughing it's just crying 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 emoji i want to amend that give it an 85 out of 100 for me cool seven point bump i also have a second review here from double double teddy let me be your killer king 95 out of 100 i'm probably late but i went into this movie knowing it was chadwick boseman's final performance and there was jazz involved it was blues uh that is to say i was sold from the start but the ending left me shook and thinking a lot more than the average movie the characters were stellar and i felt the tension 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 build throughout the tension so i i know you said you didn't like the stabbing and that's fine i'm all with that i thought it was gonna be a gunshot 
I knew I knew some one of them was going to die. Uh, I thought it was going to be a gunshot. I didn't think it was going to be a stabbing. I thought it was going to be uh, the trombone player, not the pianist, but uh, such is life. I think there's a very interesting version of this out there somewhere, and I think you could stage an interesting version of this. Not like I mean, obviously you wouldn't rewrite this. With but I think, aliens? What? With aliens? No. I think there's a version of this where Ma Rainey isn't a character. We, we just, all the green room? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that'd be very interesting, a very interesting adaptation. Yeah, and like... She can be sort of referenced in that, like, the. Oh, she'd be talking. Yeah, we talked about it all the time. They would keep coming in and being like, You guys got any idea where Ma is? Right. Why is she and not here? The and they get, the, the, like, the, the, the producers get progressively more and more mad at them. Right. Um, and she never shows up, right? It's like waiting for Godot or whatever. Right. But once he pulled the knife out, I mean, I knew well before it, but once he pulled the knife out, I was like, Ah, somebody's dying. Yeah, Chekhov's knife or whatever. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a gunshot or like an alien thing. I thought there was a small part of me that was like, Aliens are about to invade. I do believe some of these plays in this cycle are like supernatural. Oh, cool. Yeah, or like paranormal. Like they have some sort of like... Oh, I thought you meant like the TV show. No. Why would I mean the TV show? <laughs> Can you freaking imagine? It's like the struggle of the black man in America is represented by <laughs> Sam and Dean Winchester. <laughs> Monster of the week. The monster is the white man. But it is. Uh, yeah. And then I have one more listener review from Discord. 80 out of 100. The most wonderful Claire says, I always enjoy watching more play more play adaptations. Great to learn about people who don't look like me. Some parts weren't perfect, but I liked the story. I thought it was all perfect. Viola Davis deserves the Oscar for this one. 100%. I'll be upset if she doesn't get it. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen anything that would rival Compete. this. Yeah. In any category. And granted, Golden Globe, like, Best Picture nominations came out, and I heard of almost none of them. Yeah, this got one, I think. I hope so, but I don't really care for the Golden Globes. I don't so. either. They're really dumb. Too commercial. Golden Globe nominations. Let's let's see what they- More of an Oscars guy. I'm definitely more of an Oscars guy. Let's see what oh, they yeah, cooked up, though. But, uh, best Motion Picture Drama. Uh, it did not, did not make it on the list. Did Sonic the Hedgehog make it? No. You got The Father. Oh, Mank was supposed to be really good. I wanted to watch Mank. that one. Is that like the TV show Monk? No. Huh. That was a cult- favorite when it was on television and now i don't know a single person who uh posts about it on tumblr i don't know anybody who posts anything about tumblr uh, i do really like um do really like monk though Mink. Monk. Yeah, I've heard of, of that. I've heard of No Man Land and I've heard of Promising Young Woman. I have not oh, heard of the I've trial heard of Chicago. No Bad Land was sweet. What'd you say? I heard No Mad Land was sweet. Same. I've heard it's the, the front runner for sure. Yeah. Um uh, Violet Davis got a nomination for this for best performance by an actress in a motion picture. Yep. Uh Carrie Mullen got a nomination for Promising Young Woman. I just watched a Carrie Mulligan movie uh called The Dig on Netflix. It was all right. I watched Sarah it, Chalk. It was really pretty, but Firefly not Lane. that great. Uh, Chadwick Boseman also got a nomination for this. I freaking hope so. He Chadwick Boseman's him. up against Riz Ahmed, Anthony Hopkins, and Gary Oldman. That's a that's a good list. What about the Snyder Cut? Where's that? It's not out yet. Are we covering the Snyder Cut? No, absolutely not. <sighs> Best motion picture, musical, or comedy? You got Hamilton, Borat, subsequent movie film, uh, music, Palm Springs, and The Prom. Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton got a... Uh, got a Golden Globe, at least. Got a Golden Globe nomination. It's not part of the EGOT, so it doesn't really matter, but he's going to get his Oscar this year. So does he have the Oscar? Lin-Manuel? No, that's what yeah. he needs. Oh, yeah, he's got it. It's in the bag. I mean, I definitely know these names that are on that are nominated for the Golden Globes. Like the, the people that needed to come out to make the like successful awards year happen definitely came out. I don't know what these movies are, but it's not one of those years where it's like Quentin Tarantino and going to hear a lot about sounds like we're going to hear a lot about Mank, going to hear a lot about this, going to hear a lot about The Father come Oscar season. Well, I guess I need to watch those. Although like a few years ago, eighth grade, like led the every category going into like actual Oscar season, like all the other awards 
award shows, and then it wasn't nominated for a single film. Yeah, this isn't uh, any other year, though. I'll tell you this. Uh, best, best performance by an actor in a supporting role, you got Sacha Baron Cohen, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Jared Leto, Bill Murray, and Leslie Odom Jr. And Leslie. I've seen none of these movies. Leslie Odom Jr., guaranteed. For One Night in Miami, Bill, Bill Murray for On the Rocks, Jared Leto for The Little Things, and Daniel Kaluuya in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which sounds awesome. I think, I, I think Hollywood's done with Jared Leto. Um, I don't think they are. <laughs> I gotta stop putting them in stuff. When I say Hollywood, I mean me. Oh, the Trial of Chicago 7 is an Aaron Sorkin movie, apparently. Oh, maybe we should watch that. Yeah, maybe. Aaron Sorkin, he likes to put uh, Jeff Daniels in stuff, right? Yeah, he put Jeff Daniels in uh, the newsroom. I, I, we should watch more Jeff Daniels movies is what I'm trying to pitch. Okay. Well, we're not doing it next week or the week after that. I know. We have announcements for next week and the following week. Next week, we are covering Cinderella. 2012. No. Uh, no? Not 2012. Really? Rodgers and Hammerstein? Yeah, no, that's like the old one. I'm pretty sure. Like the brandy one. If it's not that one, I don't want to cover it. Not Rodgers and Hammerstein. That's 1957 with Julie Andrews. I want to watch the one with the black girl. Yeah, it's 97. 97. Okay. You got none of the none of the numbers right. None of them. That's the, that's the one I want to watch. It's the only one I care about. Not because it's Black History Month. That's the only one I've ever cared about. I didn't know it was 1997. Yeah, it's old, dude. It's got like young Whoopi Goldberg. I'm excited. I've never Whitney seen Whitney Houston's it. in it. I don't think she was alive a... in 2012. George's in it. Jason Alexander and yeah. Victor Garber and Whoopi Goldberg. I'm excited. I did not know. Oh, yeah. No, this movie absolutely slaps. This is Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah. There's two... There's two Rodgers and Hammerstein. Well, they, hey, they wrote Cinderella. Uh-uh. Pretty sure. Grim, the Grim Fairy Tales Okay, wrote but they Cinderella. wrote the musical. So you've never seen this adaptation? Uh-uh. Oh, man, it's so good. This is what I, this really is what I grew the up original on. Either. What? I don't really know the original either. Oh, I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know the original. It's like a 1957 movie musical. I've either seen it or I haven't. No, the the animated one is the one I mean, I don't know. Oh, yeah, couldn't care less. Yeah. Didn't grow up I, on that one. Grew up on this one. I don't... It's, on the animated princess movies, I haven't seen Sleeping Beauty, Snow White. What's the one with Maleficent? Is that Snow White? Yeah. yeah. Or Sleeping Beauty. They both fall asleep, right? Not really sure. I've seen Snow White. I don't think I've seen Sleeping Beauty. Uh, I mean, I would, they're, they're under 90 minutes. Or like so the Swan no Princess or whatever. I don't think. Who's, who's Aurora? Sleeping Beauty? I think so. Oh, I haven't seen most of the old ones. Yeah, I don't really care to either. If my child wants to watch them, I'll watch them, but like I don't currently have a child. Well, yeah, I'll watch them with Olivia, obviously. Snow White, no. Sleeping Beauty, no. Cinderella, no. And then it's Little Mermaid. I've seen that, obviously. Beauty and the Beast, I've seen that. Aladdin, yes. Pocahontas, yes. Milan, yes. Prince of the Frog, yes. Tangled, yes. Frozen, yes. Moana, yes. Mo Frozen's not a princess movie. They're their own thing. Yeah, I'd rather show my future daughter Frozen and Moana than, than The Little Mermaid, for sure. Yeah. Although there's a new Little Mermaid that I'm super excited about. Yeah, but we're talking about animated ones. Right. The, the princess movies. Right. If it's just the three of these, I think I could knock these out in an afternoon. I mean, if you want to, like, Go for it. Nobody's stopping you. Uh, me. Me is stopping me. I, I'm not covering them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll cover Real the 1997 Roger and Hammerstein musical. Cinderella. Um, does it release on Disney Plus? On Thursday? Thursday today for you, listener, or maybe tomorrow. Mm, Friday. The Friday. 12th. The 12th. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, we can wrap the show. Yeah, we can. Bye. <laughs> No, don't buy. Hold on. Really quick before you go. If you're listening to this the week it came out, then on Saturday, not Friday night, Saturday morning from 3 a.m. to 4 a.m., Ethan and I will be participating in the Project for Awesome, representing the Roanoke Diversity Center, which gives like money and safety and opportunities to LGBTQ youth in Roanoke. And we'll be representing that for the Project for Awesome. And we'll be on the live stream, the 48-hour live stream from 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. Please Stop in the middle of the night and hang out with us. We'll also be with Jordan Balky. She'll be asking us questions and we'll be uh, keeping it spicy. Keeping it spicy. We will also be representing WB&E, a podcast network that, I don't know, does its best to help um, all podcasters and, and also uh, 
LGBTQ podcasters help find their voice. Yeah, really help anybody find their voice. But but yeah, we focus on all of those things and we're super excited about the whole thing. So come hang out with us. It'll be me and Ethan and Jordan from Late to the Party. And it's going to be just a super good time. 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're in California, you're in luck. It's like midnight for you. I know. Party on. Party on. If you're in England, good morning. Good morning. Really, it's the best time. Yeah, I better slot. see Seamus Gorman in the chat. Seamus is asleep at 9 a.m. Guaranteed. Oh, he'll make an exception for us. <laughs> <laughs> but that is what we are doing this weekend. We love to see you in the chat hanging out. I have no idea how it works, but come ready to donate. We're very yeah, just excited. Be, there's links in the description. P4A.org. Yep. Uh, additionally, new show to WBNE this week, Perspective Z. You heard the preview at the beginning. Basically, it's a podcast of two fantastic, extremely smart young women uh, just giving their perspective on the extremely world. Extremely smart. Extremely smart. They are Zers, Zoomers, and they give me context for why middle parts are in. I don't have any desire to... I, I, I don't think I could have a center part if I tried to, but um, yeah, I'm not interested. Center parts look bad on almost everybody. I look great as, right as far as dudes go. I mean, I look like a bully in like a movie about Bandcamp in the early 2000s. It's hey, I just want to be 100 with you. It's not your best look. It's because it doesn't curl on both sides. It, it's because it's you have hair to be side parted. You've been side parting it for long enough that you're like it does that now. Yeah, but I'm not. Down. I'm not on board with like super long hair oh you got a problem with my super long hair yeah i do i can it's not that long i can barely see i also have a giant head though so who knows i mean obviously do whatever you want don't listen to me but like it's not my favorite. this isn't my favorite look we've ever had like we're going back to baggy jeans and and, and middle parts i'm not interested (laughs) if you've been reading along with bacon and eggs and you read the hate you give in january that's awesome i totally didn't read it but in uh february the bacon and eggs and sincerely us book challenge is reading neverwhere by neil gaiman you can't see it but i'm holding up this really nice illustrated copy you are indeed if you look here, there's words. But here, there oh, there was an illustration. There was. I'm a little concerned as to who that illustration is supposed to be. He is the real thing. This is an illustration of the minds of Kazadum. That's an illustration. I don't know what that'd be an illustration of. I can guess, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I don't want to know. I want no context going in. Uh, I haven't started it yet. Um, I don't know. I have nothing else to say. Me either. Oh, we got to do scores. <laughs> Oh, schnoop. Hang on. Uh, we don't have many, because not a lot of people have seen this movie. So give me a second. So you work on that. I'll work on this. I'll give it 100. Ethan gave it a 94 or 95? 95. 95. Rotten Tomato gave it 98, 98, 76. Metacritic, I, And then listener score is all I'm missing. But just to recap the scores, if anybody's playing along at home, I give it a 100. Ethan, a 95. Rotten Tomatoes, double check that. Yeah, 98%. Metacritic in 87, and the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is 76. Our listener score for this episode is... Hang on. Hold on. 90.3, so 90. 90. Woo! Shoo doggy. That gives it a bacon and egg score of 94.1, which is just a 94. Tiebreaker rounds down. Ethan. Yeah. This beats Return of the King. Heck yeah, it does. <laughs> Oh, that's exciting. Ma Still haven't found anything to break up the Lord of the Rings movies yet. Black Bob. 94. 94.1 is very close. Return of the King is a 93.9. So very, oh, so it's a tiebreaker close. win. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, by two tenths. That's crazy. Yeah. Thank you, Liam 2.0, for amending your score. <laughs> yeah, no, right. uh, and Ethan for amending your score, because if you didn't, I don't think it would have won. Um, or for finalizing your score. We've reviewed a lot of movies this year. 19 so far. Top of the list still. It's a Wonderful Life. Bottom of the list, still the Santa Claus. Um, and <laughs> a right nice Christmas middle, bookend there. 
it will probably <laughs> remain for a long time. <laughs> Knocked out of the top 10 is Hearts Beat Loud and Shrek. Wild. Shrek's last week. Yeah. I forgot we did War Games. Do you remember that? That was like That's two weeks ago. Dream. Yeah, I know, but I mean, that could have been anybody covering that. Anyway. Uh, our music is by Vaishan Brandon. Our graphics are by... Nope. Our music is by Andrew Scott Bell. Our graphics are by Vaishan Brandon. Uh, if you want information from either of them, you go to andrewscottbellmusic.com to request music to be composed for you, or you can go to uh, graphite.vmb on Instagram, or really just graphite. Just search Vaishan and find him. Uh, he will do stuff for you. It's, it's awesome. It does great work. Um, yeah. This episode has been brought to you by Perspective Z. Thank you to him for joining the Bacon or the WBNE Podcast Network. I can't talk to you. If you have a man. show and you want to join the network, hit up the little thing in the top right corner of our website wbna.org wbna.org yeah that's in the description as well anyway uh i've been the actual eastman tyler carlin until next time arrivederci a one a two a you know what to do bye tennies it's been great spending this time with you i hope you have a it's wonderful a lot of time a wonderful thursday I hope you enjoy it bye